I am so excited to announce that the doors to Panic to Peace are opening on September 5th. This is my signature program where over the course of 10 weeks, I walk you through how to actually create a healthy relationship with anxiety, simply and practically. And this round is a little different from past ones because I'm offering two different options. You can either take the program live with me and also with others who are on a similar journey as you, or you can take it on your own in a self-paced version. So if this is the year you're determined to create a healthy relationship with anxiety and overcome the symptoms, the anxious thoughts, the panic attacks and fears, it's not too late. Head to the link in the show notes, get on my waiting list, and be the first to get access to the program and to get a really special discount. I hope to see you on the inside. Welcome to a Healthy Push Podcast. I'm Shannon Jackson, former anxiety sufferer turned adventure mom and anxiety recovery coach. I struggled with anxiety, panic disorder, and agoraphobia for 15 years. And now I help people to push past the stuff that I used to struggle with. Each week, I'll be sharing real and honest conversations along with actionable and practical steps that you can take to help you push past your anxious thoughts, the symptoms, panic, and fears. Welcome. You're right where you're meant to be. All right, today we're doing another Q&A episode with Annie. Hi, Annie. Hello. Thank you for having me back. (laughs) Yeah, these episodes, people are really enjoying them, and I'm super excited because I love being able to chat and have conversation, and I feel like you add so much value, like having recently gone through, you know, still going through your recovery, and it's just so good. It's so good to have like the, okay, Shannon, you lived it, but it was like, years and years ago. And so now you bringing that recent perspective is so helpful. And like you say things and I'm like, yes, that's so good. So I love these and I'm so happy that everyone listening is also loving them. So we're doing good. (laughs) Yes. I'm so glad. I know it's so much fun and it is funny, like having just gone through it and being able to provide that perspective. It's good. Yeah. It's so good. (laughs) <laughs> so this this episode is interesting because we were like, what's a good topic? And we have like a list of topics, but I feel like I get so many questions about my own personal recovery journey. And I'm like, okay, I think we need to do an episode just specifically about my recovery journey. And so I asked you all listening, you know, what questions do you have? So we have six questions that we're going to go through and I'm super excited to hear them and to answer them and to dig into all the goodness. So Annie, take it away. All right. I'm so excited for this because I know your story, it just, it's so inspiring. I know if I feel that way, so many people are also going to feel that way. Like just seeing what you went through and like how you are now. Oh my gosh. I know everyone's going (laughs) to love it because you're seriously amazing. So Sorry, I'm rambling. <laughs> okay. Fine. So number one is what was the mo- the worst point in your recovery journey? Like if you had to pick one. Oh my gosh. <laughs> what a right. question to start with. Um, okay. If you're new here, I sort of want to give you a little bit of backstory real quick. So I struggled for 15 years and with anxiety, panic disorder, and agoraphobia there were so many worse points. I just got all these like memories flooding my brain. So I think I kind of want to answer this in a couple of ways. So I have very vivid memories of like some really, really hard, awful points in my journey. But 
Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to save my secondary sort of thought to this for a minute. So, of course, one of the hardest points in my recovery journey was actually realizing it is as bad as it is. Um and it's starting to really take hold of my life. And that was one of the worst points easily because I finally could see it very clearly of like, this can't continue. Like there's no way that this can continue. And I was at the time working full time. I want to say I was in school or I recently graduated. Like I've shared this before. I'm very honest about this, but I literally got my associate's degree and it took me six years. <laughs> like an associate's degree, like an associate's degree is what two years, and it took me a good six. I'm very smart, right? But I definitely failed classes. I could barely show up to some classes um, because I was struggling so badly. And so, anyway, I remember the point in which I thought, Shannon, you've tried everything, and. I don't think you're going to be able to continue functioning. Like I was really, really scared that I was going to get to the point where I just wasn't going to leave my house anymore. And that thought was so terrifying to me. And like there was nothing (laughs) that you could say. Panic attacks were scary. Like all of it was so scary. But the thought of not leaving my house and – of course, there were so many days where I didn't want to leave and that sounded glorious. And like I could just easily flip the switch and just say no more. Um, but growing up, like this is – I'm going to ramble a little bit, but I think it's important. Like I grew up um, in a – you know, being pretty poor and my parents divorced when I was younger. Um, and my mom like really worked her butt off to take care of my brother and I and my father wasn't, you know, emotionally there, but financially definitely not supportive or helpful. And so I had all of this in my brain of like, Shannon, you have to work. Like you have to support yourself. Like you cannot not work. You cannot not, you know, finish school or any of these things. It was that big picture. Like, oh my God, what is this going to do? What could this potentially do to my life and my future? And yeah, I remember going making an appointment with my therapist and she said very kindly but sort of bluntly I think we have to think about medication again and I still get so emotional um yeah because that's so hard it's so hard to think nothing else is working (laughs) um and so I went to see the psychiatrist and I've talked I've shared this story but my god she it was just like the most amazing and beautiful human that impacted my journey so much. And I remember walking in and being so scared and just thinking, I can't try medication again. And all the thoughts, right? I have it make things worse than they are already. Have it not work again. And then, and then like, and then what? Um, And so I had all the thoughts. And so, yeah, trying medication after I had already been struggling, this was like, gosh, 10 years. I had to have been struggling for 10 years at this point. And 
if not more. (laughs) And it's just so, it was so tough. Like that was, that was one of my worst points. Um, Even before that, you know, I, I, I think it's so important. Like you and I have talked about this, Annie, but like, (laughs) like I, I don't like to share like all of it because it's, I know it can be scary for people and, and I feel like I don't want to share some of the worst points because I don't want to scare people and I don't want people to think, oh my gosh, like, is that going to happen? Um, but I know some people are struggling like just as badly. And so, you know, there was one point, of course, a memory that I will never forget was I was working in a hospital. I always worked in the healthcare environment and I was working in the hospital and I had the worst panic attack I've ever had. Um, and it wasn't just like I, I like to kind of um, paint the, the the full picture. It wasn't just a panic attack. Like at the time, I was in a really toxic relationship. I had so much stress. I was working. I was in school. I think I had two jobs at the time. Yeah. Um, I was – like- Yeah. Like I, my body truly, like my body and my brain like just reached this breaking point. And I remember being at work and like, I don't, I hope I can tell this story without being a complete disaster. Um, But I remember like just thinking, oh God, like this is going to be a really bad panic attack. And if you've had panic attacks, you know, you can kind of like feel it and sense it. Yeah. And so I, my go-to is always like, get me away from people. I don't want anyone to see this or know what's happening. And so I went to a bathroom and I called my mom and like, it was just so severe that I remember like kind of being like in and out of consciousness. And this was after, like, literally I had, like, vomited and, I mean, everything <laughs> left my yeah. body. And I just I – I was on the phone with my mom and my mom was like, Shannon, you need to get up and unlock the door. Like, you need to make sure that, like, somebody can come in and help you. Yeah. And my mom was, of course, like, I'm driving there. Like, I'm going to be there. And I couldn't really even – articulate where I was and I remember like it obviously had been a while and one of my coworkers and was sort of a friend came one of the most embarrassing moments of my life but I wasn't embarrassed because I was barely coherent um but he opened the door and was like oh my god so yeah he went and he got help um thankfully and I worked in a hospital but it wasn't like, thank goodness I was in the hospital. It was a panic attack. So there really wasn't much that, you know, they could do. Um, but that that for me was probably one of the worst moments. But I were like, yeah. that was so early in my recovery journey. Like there were so many more like hard moments. And so this kind of leads me to the second part. <laughs> like – those moments were so incredibly hard, but I think the worst 
part, like the worst point in my recovery journey was really like being honest with myself and looking at the repetitiveness of going through the same thing every day and like being scared and restricting and limiting and avoiding and isolating. And that was the worst point was realizing I've done this for so long and like there's no way I can keep doing this. Like there's no way. And I – That's one of the scariest points too. It's just, you know, those – like if you've had panic attacks, you know like those situations, they're truly traumatizing and it's – just hearing your story just like gets me so – oh, just choked up like knowing what you went through and as – you know, hard as it is to hear and it it can be scary or maybe even triggering for some to hear. It's so valuable at the same time because you see where you were and you see now, you know, you go on these adventures, you travel, you have a beautiful family and you do so many cool things. And so I just hope that people listening can take that away from this. Like as scary as those moments are, you know, you always can recover from this. And that's what's so beautiful about your story. Yeah. I'm so glad that you said that. It's, it's, it's tough because that, I know you get to those, it's not even like a point, but you have like all these points along your journey where you feel like, I can't do this anymore. And how am I going to, and like, am I ever going to get better? And that was the hardest stuff to work through because you truly feel like when you're in it, this is it and I'm never going to come out the other side of this. And as much as even you can have the most loving, supportive people and, you know, my mom was always so loving and supportive, she couldn't do it for me. And I just, you know, it's, it's a really tough journey, but yeah, I know we'll talk a little bit more later about like where I'm at now. And it is, it's so beautiful because of course I never thought that my life would look how it does today, but it's been a wild, (laughs) wild (laughs) ride (laughs) to say the least. It can just be so hard in that unknown, but it's it's so inspiring to see where you are. So I guess that kind of leads us into our next question, which is, you know, something I personally relate to a lot. And that is, did you ever feel like you were just going crazy? Oh my gosh. Like all the time. I, you battle so much. Like I know the physical symptoms can be so overwhelming and scary and alarming. But for me, a lot of it was the mental stuff that was the hardest. It was really terrifying sometimes the the places my brain would go and just the stories I would create and just like these narratives. I am going crazy. And like literally this isn't just anxiety. And what are you going to do? Like, and I remember feeling like and telling my mom, I don't know, mom, like if medication doesn't work, if nothing is, quote, working, there's something wrong with me. Like there's something wrong with my brain. There's something like – or there's something actually wrong and just nobody is picking up on it. And, you know, those – it was so hard because 
that story I just told um, a minute ago about being in the hospital and having a panic attack or being in the hospital at work, I should say, and having that really severe panic attack, I didn't find out until weeks later. But of course, my coworkers, my boss, like everyone was just so caught off guard because I hit it so well. Like nobody yeah. knew that I struggled with what I struggled with. And they were just like, what is happening? And of course, people were like, is Shannon on drugs? Is she taking drugs? Like, is there something really wrong with her? And that was so hard for me to hear because it was like, nope. Like, they're like, truly, it was stress and and anxiety. And, you know, I think we often convince ourselves, like, this is more, you know, this, this can't be just anxiety. And, and I am going crazy. And it's like, it's hard because you have to tell yourself, get honest with yourself and really like recognize, no, this is, this is anxiety and stress and anxiety can do some really tremendous things to your body. And, you know, so I just want to assure anyone out there who's like, am I going crazy? No, you might feel like you are. And I get that a thousand percent because it feels like you are going crazy but you're not going crazy. Like you are struggling with an anxiety disorder and it is something that you can absolutely overcome. Um, but yeah, I I get it. I get that. And I'm sure you get it too, right, Annie? Like you said, like you yeah. do feel like you're going crazy. <laughs> Gosh, yeah. Like I had just so many of those days and it can be so hard to rationalize with yourself and just you add, like you said, like that layer of shame on top of things. I think so many of us just walk around with this intense shame and it's you know, it's just sad because we don't have to, and it doesn't always have to be like that. So it does get better because yeah, I've totally been there as well. So yeah. uh, And what you just said, right. Of rationalizing, like we, we drew, we do, we try to rationalize and we try to like talk logic and stuff into this and it's just not, you can't rationalize it. It's like, yeah, just wild. Yeah. 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 So I guess we'll move on to our next question, which is how do I keep myself motivated during the worst days? Which is such yeah. a good question. <laughs> what a <laughs> good segue. Wondering. Like these are <laughs> right that I'm still wondering. So I think there's a couple parts of this. So I think kind of the first part is the way you treat yourself on those worst days has to be different. And, you know, something that I heard recently, and I think I I talked about this a little bit in an episode, was I heard this thing that somebody said that was like, when you're suffering, it means stop. And I was just like, whoa, that was so powerful because I – like everything in you, right, is like you're suffering, you're struggling, like you need to do something about it. You need to figure this out. You need to like yeah, go, go. Exactly. Like we can't, we can't be here. Like if you're here, it means you're not getting better. But in that space that allows you to get better is just being with it. And, and that sucks. Obviously we don't like that, but that is actually a helpful and healthy action. So, you know, I think not running yourself into the ground when you're already having the worst days and not convincing yourself you have to do it all no matter what. And, you know, I hear this a lot with students and clients of like, but don't I have to do exposures? Don't I have to do them consistently? And I'm like, yes, 
yes, but consistently doesn't mean every single day, no matter what, regardless of how you're feeling. And like, there's just so much to that. You know, we we need to do a whole episode on exposure therapy and my thoughts on that. But, you know, I think letting yourself, you know, rest rather than pushing is incredibly helpful. And, yeah. you know, another thing on the worst days is like, actually validating this is hard and and I'm really struggling right now and and making space right and and also communicating like if I could go back that's one thing my god I would have communicated a lot more like where I was at how I was feeling like and how people could help me because I just the journey in and of itself can be so isolating but we often add so much additional on top of it and you really like that's going to make things so much harder so just sharing and communicating like what you're actually going through and asking for that help like it's so crucial and I know I you might be like me and not good at asking for help and it's definitely something that I've had to practice a lot but it's so so helpful right to actually say I'm not okay I need help Totally. I know that was some, that was one of the biggest things for me. Like, as you know, I've mentioned my husband's in the military before, but when he left for deployment and I was there in the thick of it, dealing with panic attacks, I was just like, how do I even tell people I'm dealing with this? And ultimately I kind of made things worse by trying to hide it and look like I was handling everything perfectly. So yeah, I love that you said that. It was a hard lesson for me to learn as well. Yeah. And it's it's one, right? Like we sort of need to learn re- repetitively. It's not like one and done, like many things in life. But, you know, I think the other important thing, I, I, sort of with this question, I take from it of like, you're asking about what to do when you're having really, really hard days and the worst days. And so I really stand by what I've said, but, you know, the motivation piece I know it's hard to find motivation when things are hard and, you know, really, really like knowing and understanding the motivation doesn't come, like it just doesn't land in your lap. It's something that happens after you take action, Mm -hmm. but it's important in this, in this instance, like the action is actually making space, like not trying to do it all and push yourself constantly and like letting yourself rest and asking for help like that that stuff is going to be a lot more helpful I think totally I love that so much it's so important I think so many of us struggle with that too just not letting ourselves rest or like enjoy things because we feel like oh we have to recover but that is such a big part of recovery right yeah so number four how did it feel when you knew you had turned a real corner in your recovery journey like what was that like for you if you remember a moment (laughs) (laughs) oh my goodness I think this is sort of like maybe people wanting that like hope of there is like this pivotal moment I don't know I don't honestly to answer this question honestly I don't think I ever really had this moment where I knew all right you're doing the right thing you're on the right track like you've got this I yeah maybe I saw glimpses of that but I I don't know I as a human being, right, I feel like I always had quite a bit of self-doubt and not the like a whole ton of confidence in myself. But I think the thing I want to mention here is, you know, it 
it happens like these shifts, these like these moments, they happen so subtly and you're not really going to pay so much attention to them. It's just happening sort of behind the scenes. And the key though is you're not like looking for this big thing that's going to make this shift. Like you're not out there like I've got to find that thing. I've got to like, you know, it's just you're living more, you're making more life decisions, more value-based decisions, and you're not letting the anxiety and fear choose. And like, that's what continues to help you make those shifts. But Mm -hmm. yeah, I don't, I don't know. I really have thought about this and I don't think there is this like moment where I was like, yeah, Shannon, dang, you've got this. Like, Yeah. Right. uh -uh. Like it just, and you know, when people ask, when did it happen? And I'm like, I don't even really know. Like, I just know I stayed focused and I just kept taking the steps and I was not letting anxiety and fear choose. And I was, I was taking real good care of myself. Like it was, there there was no other option anymore. It's like, I come first, my mental health comes first, my physical health comes first, like anything else not happening. So good. Yeah. And that's like, I feel like that's true for me as well. Like it's hard to know exactly if there was a turning point or what, because you know, it's kind of like an upward trajectory, but then every once in a while you'll dip back or kind of repeat an old unhealthy habit or something or, you know, that whole thing. So it's hard to say, but it just kind of happens. And the more you practice it just, yeah. Yeah. And it's like those, (laughs) I guess that I'm so glad that you mentioned that because I think when you are like really making progress is when you stop looking at those moments, those like, hard moments or those hiccups where you do fall back into past unhealthy behaviors and all that as like anything that you need to do something about. They just happen and you're like, okay, cool. I acknowledge that. Like we're going to keep going and not allowing yourself to get stuck in it. Like that that's huge. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, number five, what has your relationship with anxiety looked like since you've been recovered? So we're getting into the happy questions now. (laughs) Oh, I love this. So my relationship with anxiety obviously looks vastly different. And I talk a lot about this relationship with anxiety because this is the obvious part, right? Like anxiety is an emotion. It's going to stay with you but your relationship with it will change. You're you're not going to make anxiety go away. You can't change the way your brain, you know, has formed and functions, but you can change your relationship with the emotion. And so since doing all that work and changing the relationship, now it looks like when I have natural anxiety, like, you know, when I go to the gymnastics class that I signed myself up for and I'm super introverted and I don't know anyone and I'm driving to a whole different state and like just immersing myself in experience that is so uncomfortable for me. I just let it be a little bit anxiety producing and I just go and I'm like, makes sense, Shannon, that you're feeling anxious, but doesn't mean we're not going to do this. And you know, there, there are ways in which anxiety does show up too, where it's like, familiar to me and how it used to of like those moments where I'll choose to do something and my brain will be like, really? You're going to do that? (laughs) Like, you know, it's mostly when I I travel and like not so much airplanes anymore, that never pops up. But it's like when we go and do things where it's so different, so unfamiliar, like going on a safari ride, like riding, you know, 
in these unfamiliar areas, like driving, you know, in in the UK, like in cars that I'm not used to on the opposite side yeah. of the road, like all these, you know, my brain is just like, what are you doing? And what if, you know, that those thoughts that I used to have day in and day out will randomly pop in in those instances. And it's just, okay, cute, like, but we're just going to keep doing this. So, you know, it's not, I always say, don't, don't shoot for anxiety to go away. It's not going to go away, but the way it will show up when you're recovered is so different. It it won't carry the same weight. It won't carry the same sensations, the symptoms. Like you're just, you might feel it viscerally. Like you might, your body might have a response to it, but you're not adding to it. You're not creating anything from it. You're not like responding to it in this harsh way. It just, it just yeah. pops up and you just keep living. Like it sounds crazy, I know, <laughs> but it happens. Yeah. Yeah, it's like I'm even thinking back to our first podcast episode we did. I remember just being so nervous because one time I was in like a class that was online and I had the worst panic attack in the middle of a presentation. And and like even now I'm just like, wow, like it's crazy just seeing over the past few months. I'm like, I just yeah, like, you know, it's a nerve a thing that makes me nervous, but it just doesn't matter as much. So it's yeah, funny. It is. And like, you know, something so cool. I posted a reel recently of like me driving in my car and I was so emotional. Like sometimes I just get these waves of emotion um, where I'm just like, dang, I do this. Like I drive every day and like I have no problems and anxiety isn't there. And how crazy, right, that I got in cars for over 10 years and every time was a battle. And just yeah. to have that awareness, like of of how hard it can be and how hard it isn't now, and just like how seamless and easy it is, and it's just so cool. Like it makes me smile so hard that like it yeah. is possible when you don't think it is, and even though you know maybe for you you tell yourself that story like I did of well it's been you know, five, 10, 15 years, like that's that type of living. It just isn't possible for me. And it's like, that is just such bullshit. Like your brain will tell you those stories and you might go along with them, but it's just, it's bullshit. And you have to allow for your life truly to look differently. Like allow, you know, those possibilities to be there that like maybe this isn't what the rest of your life is going to look like. And maybe you are actually capable of driving with so much peace and freedom and ease and traveling and seeing the world and having a kid and whatever it is that you want to do in life. Like it's, yeah. So my relationship with anxiety looks so, so different and I'm just so thankful (laughs) that (laughs) I did all that work because it helped me not just with anxiety, but yeah, with so many other emotions and just so much of life in general. Yeah, totally. I love that so much. I think one of the best parts about anxiety recovery is like when you come out the other side, like every, you're just so grateful for everything. Like everything means so much, like just getting in your car and being able to take a deep breath and enjoy yourself. And it's so hard to realize in the moment, like you you can feel that way again. And so it's yeah. just so I love hearing that. It's so, cool. <laughs> so number six, do you ever worry about going backwards and struggling again? Ever? Oh, 
I, I like love this question. I don't know why I love yeah. it so much, but I think I do because I can remember obviously having this fear of like, what if I do actually get better? And, and to, to what does that look like? And like, does it last? Yeah. And so I think, you know, this question is really like, like, I get it because I, I would ask myself this question. I can tell you very honestly, I don't, I have never, I have never worried about going backwards, even when I had like that one panic attack that I've had since I've been recovered and it sucked. There has never been a point in my, the past seven years that I've been like, oh shit, could I go back there? And a big part of this, and I think, you know, I really thought about this and I'm like, why is that? And I think there are kind of two pieces. There are way more, but I don't want to like make this an hour episode. But, you know, I think one of the big pieces is throughout the recovery journey, I worked really hard to let go of control and to let go of certainty and to just really embrace like, I don't know and that's okay and I don't have to know. And so it's sort of that like giving it up to the universe, to God, whatever. I don't know what any of the future looks like and I don't have to. And I'm cool with that. And, you know, doing all that work, that's why I say and what we just talked about, like you will be so grateful because it, it equips you with so much knowledge and strength and just like inner wisdom and doing that work of accepting uncertainty one of the greatest gifts I've ever, you know, experienced in life because it's like, I don't, I don't have any fears, worries. I I trust myself and I trust, you know, my body. And I, so I think that kind of goes to the second piece of all the work that I did, you know, to put the trust back within myself and back within my body. And that's a huge part of what you do when you're working to recover and continuing to do that work. Like, I don't, I think I heard this when I was recovering and it it sucked. I hated it when somebody said it, but they're like, this is going to be work that you're going to have to do for the rest of your life. And I was like, excuse yeah. me? Yeah, that scared the crap out of me. <laughs> yeah, I was like, excuse me, no thank you. Like, pass. If I have to do this work for the rest of my life, what what is the point? But I didn't understand then what that meant and I understand yeah. it now and that you every day have to make these investments in yourself and like really treating yourself well and putting you and your mental health first and not, you know, it's, it's just, it sounds kind of woo woo, I think, but we are like, we're it, right? Like we're all we have for however long we live and the connections and the love that we experience and all of that. And that is the most important stuff like you could ever have. And so of course you have to give to yourself every day. Of course you have to always make sure that you're having a healthy relationship with your emotions. And you know, like me recently, I two months ago, I feel like maybe a, a month and a half ago, I so yeah, I need to backtrack this timeline. Maybe like three months ago, if not six <laughs> months. Like I was really struggling and I shared a little bit on the podcast like I'm a perfectionist. I struggle a lot with like, you know, having good boundaries and just 
you know, being better with some of those things. And I've done a lot of work, but, you know, a month and a half ago, I was like, nope, I need to get into therapy and I need to actually look at this stuff. And so that's been super good for me and super healthy. And so I think it's this continuous, like you don't see, you know, this as just being like some end point that you reach and I'm good now and (laughs) and no more work. It's like, it's, it's a lifelong journey. But the the part, you know, the part how I used to interpret it was you're gonna have to do this work for the rest of your life relating to anxiety. And it was like, yeah. no, <laughs> you're going to have to do the work for the rest of your life to take care of yourself and actually make it so that you can go through life and it's not so hard and you can actually experience more yeah. peace and joy. Like what I a thought, that. right? <laughs> I know. I love that so much because, you know, I think that for a lot of people, it's like a lot of the reason why so many of us struggle with anxiety is usually we're really good at pouring into everyone else's cups before ours. And so a lot of that journey does look like just saying like, okay, you know, I'm going to do this nice thing for myself and I'm going to do this thing. I know it's going to make me feel better in the future. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. That's yeah, And that's like okay. you just hit the nail on the head, right, with what I've been struggling with. And it is I've put everyone else before me. And, you know, yeah. if you're a mom or a dad or a caregiver, being yeah. becoming a caregiver is so, so much of a change and so hard. And I was putting Amelia before myself, Adam before myself, every single one of my clients, students, even people who didn't choose to work with me, like – everyone. And I just thought, I just want to help everyone. But I was totally losing sight of one of the biggest lessons that I learned in my recovery journey, which was you have to put yourself first. So that's what I've been working on. But I'm sure I'll do a whole episode about that. But yeah, you will get to a point in which you don't worry about going backwards and it's natural to have thoughts right now when you're in it of like, oh God, I I am seeing that I'm making progress and I don't want to go backwards. I would just encourage you keep focusing on the steps that you're taking right now. Like that will ensure you that you're not going to go backwards, but you will develop this trust and just belief and knowing within yourself that that's we've been there and we know how we got there and we're not going back there because we're consciously choosing every day to not go back there. I love that so much. That is so good. So good. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. I've loved these questions. These have been so good. But of course, I feel like there's so much to my recovery journey. So I'm sure maybe we'll do like a part two, part three, part four on this. Yes. I would love it. Yeah. These have been such good questions. So of course, I would love to hear like truly if you have any thoughts or ideas of like a topic that you would like Annie and I to talk about, like shoot me an email, shannon at a healthy push.com or DM me. Like I would love to hear all your thoughts and suggestions and just, you know, of course, as always, every day, just stay focused on right now, the present moment and keep taking healthy action. Right, Annie? all right we'll see you next time bye 
I hope you enjoyed this episode of A Healthy Push. If you want more, head on over to ahealthypush.com for the show notes and lots more tips, tools, and inspiration that will support your recovery. And if you're hoping for me to cover a certain topic, be sure to join my Instagram community at A Healthy Push and let me know in the comments what you want to hear next.